It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. My name is Richard Dodson. Welcome. You have tuned in to Gospel Preaching Live, and this is a preaching uh, show that comes on every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. and Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. And I'd like to welcome you to join me in the study this evening. And we pray that you're going to find it in accordance with God's Word. And if you do, well, I pray that you'll help me share this lesson with as many people as possible. Now, if you have any questions about this or anything else that I teach online, you can always leave comments in the comment section if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube. Otherwise, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. I'll sure look forward to hearing from you. Today's lesson is going to be centered uh, about uh, marriage, actually. Uh, we're going to talk about a profound mystery, and that's what the scriptures talk about, uh, the Lord's church and marriage. And so let's just go ahead and jump into it. If we look at Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 31 through 32, and you might keep your finger on this passage. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 through 32 will be the text of our lesson. But we'll be looking at some other passages in Ephesians 5 later on. But notice for our text says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Now, this teaching about marriage is nothing new. you probably think thinking you've heard this before, and yes, you did. If you ever read the book of Genesis back in the beginning when God uh, made Adam and, and tried to uh, find a helpmeet for him and nothing could be found, he took his rib bone and made woman. And in verse 23 through 24, we read, man said, this is at last, is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, that's not the only place that it's mentioned. We can look in Matthew chapter 19. <clears throat> if you remember when the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up, testing him about uh, divorce because Moses had allowed divorce, and uh, they had come to him in verse 3 through 6, and and asked if it's lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause. What did Jesus say? Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, there, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Now I have put, used the ESV and, of course, it says that God has joined them together, but I think the King James Version uses the word cleave, and I like that word because if you look up the uh, the meaning of that word, it means to actually glue, glue things together. And so uh, think about a couple of boards. If you've ever glued boards together, 
you know that once that wood glue dries, uh, that's like you've created a bigger piece, bigger board because you just can't pry it apart. Even if you try to separate them, more than likely <clears throat> the boards will not separate where the glue has been holding them together. More than likely it'll be a weaker place in the board that breaks first. But uh, that's what he's talking about. When he's talking about marriage, he's talking about a man and a woman. And when God puts them together, and that's the, that's the point of emphasis, when God puts them together, they're glued together and they become one. And so, you know, we should uh, always take note of what is said here about when God joins something together, let not man separate. In other words, don't be messing around with something God made. Uh, and God made marriage, and if he's joining people together, then uh, we better not be sticking our nose in there and trying to interfere with that. So that's that's something that a man has to be very careful about. But needless to say, I'm just using these passages to bring up the fact that, uh, the, that in Ephesians 5, it's just reiterating things we'd already heard from way back in the beginning. This was marriage, and if we go back uh, a few verses and look at Ephesians chapter five. Uh, he's making reference to that very thing, that marriage. But then he goes on and says, this mystery is profound, which actually is the title of the lesson, the profound, the mis the, the profound mystery. But he goes, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying it refers to Christ in the church. Now think about that a minute. He's been talking about marriage. But you talk about throwing a curveball. This is a huge curveball because all of a sudden when he's talking and describing marriage like we've always heard, all of a sudden he says this mystery is profound. And he goes, Paul says, I'm saying it refers to Christ and the church. How can that be? How can he be talking about marriage and then all of a sudden throw Christ and his church in there? Don't you find that to be an, an odd thing? Well, I think when we look at the passage, we'll start having a better idea about that. And you know what's most unfortunate is that many people live a long life before they start understanding the Lord's church. And if people, when they're young, are taught about the Lord's church and brought to an understanding of the Lord's church and what it's supposed to be doing and its function, then obviously it would help them in marriage, wouldn't it? Obviously, it would help them in choosing a, a wife, uh, and choosing a husband. Obviously, it would help them in fulfilling their duties if they understood this profound mystery. And so it's a shame that people go their whole lives without understanding the Lord's church because it would help them in their marital problems. And we live in a country today, well, you know, we, it's no, we don't even need to talk about the divorce rate anymore because now nobody's getting married. People don't want to get married. Uh, they just they just feel like they should be together for a while and then split up, find somebody else, like uh, disposable companions. And isn't that, isn't that a shame? But there for a long time, the divorce rate had been climbing and climbing. Of course, now we, we're really reaping what we sow with the uh, state of our morals in this country. But needless to say, if we had taught these things as we should have taught these things many, many years ago, perhaps we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now. 
And so it's never too late to start. So let's go ahead and start with this lesson. And, and hopefully uh, you'll be, you'll agree with me and, and you'll, you'll listen attentively. And like I said, you'll share it with others because I really believe from my, from the, the bones that are within me, I believe this needs to be taught. This really needs to be taught. People need to know about this. Okay, so how is then Christ and his church like marriage? Well, the first point I want to bring up is submission because that's what Ephesians 5 is talking about. And it starts off when talking about marriage, talking about submission. Notice what he says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 22 through 24. Now we're backing up. So now we're going to get some context into what he's talking about when he's talking about that profound mystery. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church and his body and is himself its Savior. And as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, I realize that that's in this day and age, you know, that's that may be a hard thing for a woman to do. But I dare say, I don't know of an age when it wasn't a hard thing for a woman to do. That doesn't mean that it's not commanded because it obviously is commanded. And it is something a wife needs to take into consideration before she even agrees to, to, to marry somebody. That the Lord's, this is something the Lord expects. But notice the comparison. He's saying, wives submit to your husbands as the church is submit to Christ. Well, there's a lot there that we can unpack. Think about the ways in which the church submits to Christ. And that's the way that uh, a wife is supposed to submit to her husband. And we got a clue about this in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1 through 6. Notice what Peter says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty, a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Now let's back up there because this is something, you know, when we think about submitting, a lot of times we're thinking about just being obedient, which is part of it. But something that's thrown in here is the conduct of the wife. Her conduct goes hand in hand with her being in submission to her husband. Now notice what he says. He says, uh, when he says about the conduct of their eyes, he, he says when they, they see your respectful and pure conduct. That's what people in the church need to be practicing. The church needs to have respectful and pure conduct because that's what the wife is supposed to be in being in submission to her husband. And since we're comparing that with the church, as the Lord did, then we have to look at how the, the church is supposed to be in submission to Jesus. And so we have to, we got to consider our conduct. 
and we have to, uh, uh, whether it is respectful and pure. And you think about your dealings with people at church and you have to ask yourself, do I deal with everyone at church respectfully and pure? In other words, am I following God's law? And so is there room for gossip? No. You know, is is there uh, room for holding grudges? No. Not, none of that is being submissive. And so all these things that many times you see that may take place in churches, that's just a sign that someone is being rebellious. And so we can't do that just as a wife can't be acting up if she is to be in submission to her husband. Now he goes on and he starts talking about how some wives obviously are, are more concerned about the external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold and the jewelry and the clothing. And he says, we shouldn't, uh, someone who is in submission shouldn't be concerned about that. Uh, we should be more concerned about the hidden person of the heart. And uh, that's that's what the Lord wants to see, that gentle and quiet spirit. And then he goes on to describe that that's how Sarah obeyed Abraham. And so we understand then that Christians in the Lord's church, they have to be that way as well. We need to have more of an emphasis on the things of the heart than the things that are external. So we shouldn't be concerned about the clothing we wear, trying to outdo someone at church. We shouldn't be concerned about our hair. Uh, we shouldn't be concerned about jewelry or the cars we drive or th our houses we live in. That's, that's not beauty. What is beauty and what is submission is that, that quiet spirit, that gentle and quiet spirit. And so you can see we learn a lot then about submission just from doing a little bit of a study um, in the Bible. Now, there, we, we won't stop there. Go to Acts chapter 15. We're going to see how important submission is to the Lord's church because there there was an, an incident that came up. There were some who were troubling the church about uh, circumcision, and the, and the church was very concerned about it, and there was much debate about it. And if you read Acts 15, 1 through 3, what takes place there is that uh, it says Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. And it says, and so being sent on their way by the church. Now, why am I even bringing this up? Because it's important for you to know, this is the church seeking authority. They wanted to make sure they were submitting to God. And so the wife then, since the comparisons made, that profound mystery is made with the Lord's church and Jesus, the wife then should also be seeking authority. She shouldn't be looking to make her own rules. She should be finding out what her husband wants. She should be seeking authority just as the church sought authority. So I hope I'm, I'm showing you how with a little bit of study, we can do a lot of learning when it comes to marriage by studying the Lord and his church. For instance, another good example is Revelations 2, 1 through 5, we learn about the church at Ephesus. Now, the, the church at Ephesus did everything right. I mean, when he describes them here, um, and let's just go ahead and read it. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, 
the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the uh, the seven golden lampstands, and notice what he says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, and have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false, and I know you are enduring patiently and bearing uh, up for my name's sake, but you have not grown, and you have not grown weary. But then he says this, I have this against you. Now he's talking about the church in Ephesus. They're doing everything right. So is it possible for a wife to do everything right in submission to her husband? Yeah, there's a problem. Jesus said this, I have this against you because you've abandoned the love you had at first. The lack of love. We still, even though we're looking to be in submission to our husband, we got to love him. And so when we consider what 1 Corinthians 13 says about love, we know that we're nothing if we don't have it. It doesn't matter what you do. You're nothing. And that's what we're seeing here with the church at Ephesus. And that's the judgment that's coming down from Jesus. And so it's important then when we're thinking about submission as a church submits to Christ, when we're thinking about the wife submitting to her husband, she has to consider that she still has to love him. She can do everything right and not love him. And that's not going to do her any good. She still has to love him. Let's look at some more. Let's talk about, you know, he, he goes on in, in our passage from our text and you know, he, he talks about love, the, the love that a man has for his wife. And I'd, I'd like to bring up some points about that. If we go back to Ephesians 25 through 33, remember, we're still in that same context. It's earlier than the text of our passage. But he's, again, describing marriage as he's going to bring it in and talk about Jesus and his church. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she may might be holy without blemish, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. And he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body, and therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Think about it. What God's joined together, let no man put us under. Why? The same way. When, the, the, when you're baptized into Christ, the Lord adds you to the church, and the church is the body of Christ. You're one with Christ. He goes on and says, this mystery is profound, as we've already read, and I'm saying it refers to Christ in the church. A little more down here I want to read. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, now there's, there's a lot here, and we're going to break this down even more like we did earlier. But what I want us to notice is the fact that, uh, you know, the man has to love his wife exactly the way Christ loved the church. And of course, we understand that Jesus was willing to sacrifice himself for the good of the church, to save the church. And so when we're talking about our families, the men have to understand that 
when if somebody's head's on the chopping block, theirs is first. They have to be the one who is willing to stand up and be sacrificed. Uh, it, that's their job. You know, I was in Yellowstone one time with my wife, and she just likes to walk everywhere. And we went into some of the deepest part of the woods up there in Yellowstone, and and I was getting scared of grizzlies. I just I'm just scared of bears. I don't like bears. But we were in grizzly country. I mean, we were out in the thicket, and I could just see one popping up. And in my mind, I knew this passage. If a grizzly popped up and started to attack us, I was going to have to stand between the bear and my wife, and the bear would eat me while she got away. And I didn't want to be eaten. And I would tell my wife, please don't let me be eaten. She finally started going back to the truck when uh, we saw a bear claws had marked a tree stump and uh, they'd gone into the wood quite a ways. And she thought, well, maybe, maybe we better go back. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I'd like to stick around here, but that's, I mean, I know it's a silly example, but that's, that's what a man has to do. The man's, he has to watch out for his wife and willing to sacrifice himself. But you know, that wasn't the only way that Jesus loved his wife through sacrifice or the church. That wasn't the only way he loved the church. There was other ways in which he loved the church, and he mentioned it here uh, through nourishing the church. And so there's other ways in which this love is manifested that we have to be willing to do. Um, one such passage in 1 Peter 3, 7, when it says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you, of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. We can't burden our wives, even though they're going to be in subjection to us. They're not a man, and they can't perform all the duties that a man can because of their strength. And so we have to understand they're, they're weaker than men. Now, the Lord shows that same type of understanding with us. Jesus lived a perfect life. We haven't, and we're weak. And, and Jesus made note of that when he said the spirit's willing, the flesh is weak. But we have to also understand that, that Jesus watches out for us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 talks about how he doesn't allow us to be tempted beyond our ability. And with that temptation, he's going to provide a way of escape. So you can see then that he's showing understanding uh, to us in that way. And so we need to be watching out for our wives as well. Uh, that's something that's very important. Now in Colossians chapter 3, and verse 12 through 13, we have another example. When uh, he talks about forgiveness, he says, as the Lord's forgiven us, Colossians 12, 13 says, we need to forgive as well. And so, so from time to time, listen, being in submission's hard. They may mess up. Guess what? Forgive them. When, when they're sorry, forgive them. You know, that's that's part of love is to be forgiving. And so we can't allow that to interfere with our love for our mate. And just as Jesus uh, is willing to forgive us and the church, we need to be willing to forgive our mates. Uh, you know, another example of how Jesus tolerates us is sometimes, you know, we can be very frustrating, just like a man and a woman can have it to be very frustrating with their marriage. 
And I've heard some people get so frustrated, they feel like they're pulling their hair out. Well, you know, patience is important. And the Lord has shown great patience. And we have examples of this in the New Testament with his church. And so we see then the extent of the patience we have to show. For instance, with the Apostle Paul with the Galatians, you know, they were getting caught up in false teaching. He was not happy with it. Uh, he was rebuking them uh, because of what they did. He even goes as far as saying in Galatians 4.11 that uh, he was afraid he'd labored over them in vain. Uh, that's that's how far that, uh, that's how the extent of his frustration. And with him being inspired and that being recorded, I'm sure the Lord felt that as well. In Galatians 4, 18 and 19, Paul said, when I am present with you, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. So in other words, until he could bring the Galatians to a more spiritual uh, maturity, he was going to have to show patience. Well, likewise, it may be, men, that your wife is having trouble with submission. You're going to have to show great patience as she works to get better at it. And that's not, again, it's not something that's going to be easy, but that's another example of what, uh, uh, how marriage is like the Lord and his church. You know, it's also important to listen to your wife. In John 9, 31, we find out that God, uh, it says, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, that would be someone in his people in his church. It says, God listens to him. And again, you know, we have example of that in Philippians 1, 19, when Paul was talking about them, their prayers, the church, their prayers for him, and that he knew it was going to turn out uh, for his deliverance. That's Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. And so with that, we know that the Lord listens to the prayers of the church. The man needs to listen to his wife. That's part of it. And so a lot of times, you know, the, the wife gets very frustrated because the husbands don't listen to them. Well, listening is part of the deal. And so you're going to have to listen to them just because Christ listens also to the church. Now, let's talk about the nourishing part of it. We mentioned that earlier. Notice Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11 through 13. It talks about how he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature manhood, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so we understand then that it's important then for the husband to be providing for his family as well, for his wife. And like 1 Timothy 5.8 says, if a man doesn't provide for his own household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So we understand then that that has to be done. This is something that the Lord does for his church. The man needs to do for his family. So we can see then from this passage that there are there are things and and we can we could even go much deeper than what we're discussing tonight. I'm about out of time now. But needless to say, what I really want you to see is that profound mystery. What's the Lord talking about? He's comparing 
the, his relationship, his church with him to marriage. And so it's important for us to study that, study Christ and his church, and that should make us to be better husbands and wives. That's the message I have for you tonight. Again, I, I hope it's been beneficial to you. Um, remember, we can learn much about marriage by understanding Jesus and his church. Okay, that's all I have for you this evening. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, we'd love to visit with you. You can visit us at 406 North Clark. We meet every Sunday morning at 9.30, 10.30 for worship, and that is Central Time. You can learn all about the church, find directions, whatever, by going to carneychurch.com. And if you like this lesson, you want to hear more like them, tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Central Time, and you'll hear me preaching on the radio. Uh, if you live outside of Kearney, don't worry about it. You can download KPGZ's app, and you can listen online. They do stream their signals, so you can listen that way as well. Brian Spirits is an internet show I'm a part of with two other preachers. That airs every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. We study a different topic from the Bible each week, and we invite those who are watching on Facebook and YouTube to take part by making comments in the comment section. We incorporate those on the show. Now, Gospel Preaching Live and the show Brian Spirits is part of a podcast. I, I do publish those on Spotify. So if you ever want to hear these outside of watching on Facebook and YouTube, you can. You can download them off Spotify and off Google Podcasts. All right, that's all I have for you. I pray that I will come to you again this Thursday at 7 p.m. Until then. Remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.